Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 123 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for teaching us more of your ways. Help us learn more of you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's see what's happening in Mark chapter 6. Jesus was ostracized so many times as he preached. I didn't realize just how much he was publicly renounced during his ministry. If it had been us, we likely would have given up. However, he pushed on even as he was put down and shamed. He was in his own hometown and started speaking eloquently. At first, the people marveled at him, but as they started talking about him and complaining about him, their attitudes quickly changed to negative, and he couldn't do hardly any miracles there. Our attitudes affect the miracles God is able to do in our lives, too. Let us keep on believing and keep our words and thoughts in agreement to that. Jesus moved on. He didn't quit. He simply moved on. He persevered, even in difficult circumstances. We can look at him and imitate his life as we live our own. Another situation that teaches us the power of our words is when Herod was mesmerized by his wife's daughter's dancing. He was so mesmerized that he told her he'd give her anything she wanted. We know her mother told her to ask for John the Baptist's head on a platter. While Herod was grieved this was her ask, he gave it to her because he gave his oath to her in front of all the people. Let us keep our wits about us, friends, and use our words carefully so as to not let the world impact us so greatly that we find ourselves in devastating situations. Our words are powerful entities. God created the world with his words. The power of life and death is in the tongue, so let's be careful with ours. The disciples were given authority and power over unclean spirits as Jesus sent them out to minister to the people. When they returned, Jesus wanted them to get away and rest. So they went in a boat to a solitary place. He knew they needed rest, and we need rest from the busyness of our lives as well. There is wisdom in rest. After he fed the 5,000 people, he told the disciples to go ahead of him in a boat, and he went into the hills to pray. Again, we see the need for solitude and prayer. We simply cannot hear God through the noise and busyness of our lives. We need to be intentional about rest and solitude and prayer as Jesus was. Let's see what the author of Hebrews writes in chapter 8. The author is again comparing the Levitical priest duties to what Jesus offers us. And of course, Jesus offers us salvation for eternity, while the priests could only offer temporary forgiveness of sins for the people as they sacrificed to the Lord. Jesus' forgiveness is one and done. We are forgiven because of his one sacrifice, the blood he shed for us. Verse 10 reads similar to verses written by the prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah 31, verses 31 through 34. God will put his laws in the Israelites' minds and hearts, and they will be his people, and he will be their God. God's promises never fail. They always come to pass. Let us know the Lord imprints his laws on our hearts and worship him as our God because we are his people. Verse 12 says, For I will be merciful and gracious toward their sins, and I will remember their deeds of unrighteousness no more. God is merciful. Google's definition of mercy is, compassion, or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within their power to punish or harm. God has the power to punish, but he chooses not to. He chooses mercy, compassion, and forgiveness over punishment. His love is so great, it reaches down and covers us. The Lord chooses forgiveness. He sees us as unblemished. If only we could see ourselves and others in the same unblemished way as Jesus teaches, seeing people without judging them. 
I am convicted about the sins I remember about myself and others. And if I continue to roll those sins around in my mind, I cannot offer forgiveness to myself or others. While sins against us hurt us, we are called to offer mercy and forgiveness. Part of forgiveness is forgetting. Forgetting the sins of the past, allowing room for God to work, for he is our avenger. Let us offer mercy and grace over punishment as God does and forgive ourselves and others. Well, let's see what's happening with the Israelites in 1 Samuel chapter 13. Saul had reigned for only two years before he sinned so greatly that the Lord found another king. However, Saul continued to reign for about another 38 years. His successor will be David. His sin was that of impatience. Samuel told him exactly what to do, and one of those things was to wait for him to come to him. However, some things started to go wrong in battle, and some of his men scattered. In fact, 2,400 of them deserted him, leaving only 600 men to fight with him. He became frantic. I'm sure we would have too. Things were looking desperate for him, and he did what he thought he should do to keep these few men from leaving him, and that was to offer a sacrifice to the Lord, which was forbidden. Samuel told him he acted foolishly and not according to God's commandment, and for that he would lose his kingdom. The Lord did find another man, a man after his own heart to reign. Well, imagine being Saul. He was quickly promoted and very quickly sinned against God by not following his orders, and he will eventually lose his reign of all these people. While it does take almost four decades, he will not leave the planet as a king. Let us take note and ask God for an extra measure of patience, my friend. We can see how Samuel lost his patience and lost his kingdom. Let us not do the same. In chapter 14, Saul's son Jonathan takes the Philistine battle into his own hands. He slips away from camp with his armor bearer and they go scout out the happenings in the Philistine camp. Jonathan had faith, the kind of faith that makes a great warrior. He plotted with his armor bearer and they killed 20 men by themselves. This set the Philistines in a panic. The Lord then made the earthquake, which caused further panic. When Saul and the other men joined Jonathan, they were able to easily overtake the 36,000 Philistine warriors. God delivered them into their hand. However, we read about another sin, the sin of Jonathan. He'd not been around when his father Saul made the decree that no one should eat until the battle was won. Jonathan had found some honey along his way and took it to regain his strength. His sin was unknown to him until he was told by some of the men. But then he went against the authority of his father and encouraged them to take food for energy as they were exhausted. The men killed and ate raw flesh with blood, which was another sin. When Saul was told all that had happened, he decreed that whoever started this mess would be put to death. He found out it was his sin and he was ready to have him killed. However, the people rallied for Jonathan's life and he was spared. We see that sin does harm and sin continues to happen because we are all human. We can be thankful that we live under grace today as the blood of Jesus covers our sin. However, there are still repercussions from our sins. So let us pray against temptation from sin and avert the enemy's advances. Psalm 123 continues with our Psalms of Ascent, where the Israelites sang a psalm on each step as they walked up the steps of the temple in Jerusalem. They would be on the fourth step in this psalm. It speaks of looking to the Lord for mercy. In fact, they look to him until they experience his mercy and loving kindness. Another time here where patience is needed. The Israelites are feeling scorned. They were looked upon with disdain by people who had no regard for God's law. We might say they were persecuted for believing in God and were considered lowly in the world's sight, but they intentionally looked to God. We can learn from their actions and these words. Let us not try to please the world over pleasing the Lord. Let us pray. 
Oh, Lord, thank you for the wisdom we find in your word. Thank you for your never-ending mercy over us. Father, keep us from temptation and evil. Keep our eyes on you. We also ask for an extra measure of patience to wait upon you and serve you as we wait. Don't let the world steal our hearts from you, Lord. Thank you for hearing our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.